While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. primary purpose of my trip was not gambling all right like but that's the most on, interesting the th- part of the trip the thing on all my expense reports is not going to be the gambling <laughs> okay but Let's you did that. spend money gambling i didn't spend money i made money Wait. i made 40 bucks well you got to spend money to make money have you ever been to business class i mean i put down 40 bucks and then i walked away with 40 further bucks wait what are further bucks like more like bucks that i did not have before Okay, I thought that was a different currency. I walk, no, I walked away with the forty bucks that I had put down, and then furthermore, I walked away with another forty bucks. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you listened to our episode on the elements of style. <laughs> so now I understand what you're saying. What yeah. game were you playing? I was playing some blackjack. Okay, how have you ever played blackjack before? I played it last year. <laughs> Every year, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because it's super boring, but every year there's this big consumer electronics show in Las Vegas, and this is my second year covering it, and both years, I think the one night that I have gone out with friends and gambled has probably been the most noteworthy night of the of the evening, <laughs> of okay. the entire week. Yeah, because, you know, electronics, they're always going to be there, but you're only going to be in Vegas once a year. Maybe. And Vegas is Vegas is a town that tries really hard to convince you that you're being like super like you're coloring outside the lines, like you're you're going against society and you're being so you're being so bad. But what you're really doing is like eating Benihana and playing five dollar <laughs> blackjack. Would you would, would And like they're list they're playing like bad to the bone over the hotel It kinda system. sounds like the hot topic of cities. <laughs> like come here and don't conform with everyone else break yes, the rules right. you, the only rule is break the rules with everyone yes. else <laughs> you too can be a nonconformist, just like everyone else it's very it's very like artificial yeah and uh so so yeah but you know you go and you're in the hotel casino and they have all these different games and if you look around enough you can play five dollar like you can play blackjack where the minimum bet is five dollars instead of like ten or fifteen, okay, which is where okay. it is in the hotels. Um, and if you're a low roller like uh, like yours truly, <laughs> you want to find that five dollar table <laughs> so you can lose the most number of times. Well, and at that point, you kind of just have to assume that that money's gone. You just have you walk up to that table and say, "Take my money, please." And then yes. a few minutes later, if they give you more, it's like a bonus. Yeah, that no, that's the rule of gambling is is you do not gamble with any money that you ever expect to see again. Okay. Yes. Unless, and the one exception to the rule is if you have a system. <laughs> do you have a system? I don't have a system. Okay. That's my one weakness. <laughs> but if you have a system, so I'm told you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, and my gambling stories involve playing lots of poker. Um, both 
just after high school. I think I, I think the biggest pot I ever won was maybe like eighty bucks after That's a bit after a tournament. Um, and I also won at I won at a free game at Hooters, a tournament <laughs> at Hooters. What were you doing at a tournament at Hooters? Uh, I was in high school, or maybe I was just out of high school, and you didn't have to pay to enter. You could just go in on a Tuesday and play some poker. Was it SpongeBob Tuesday? It was. It was not SpongeBob. I, well, maybe it wasn't a Tuesday because they did have SpongeBob Tuesdays. Yes. Uh, and you would play, and if you won the tournament, you won a wing party, which was show up with up to ten of your friends and eat as many wings as you could in an hour. Now, did you win the wing party? I did win the wing party. Okay, so what do you think the cash value of all the wings that you ate was? Was it more than 80 bucks? It was like 40 bucks. Oh, man. Well, because like I ended up there with like six or seven people, and they only bring you out like three plates of wings at a time. There's no way, there's no way you can eat enough wings in an hour if... They will oh, not. Is there, there's a time limit to it. Yeah, there's a time limit, and they Man, won't. They're really so okay. They've got an hour time limit. They're only bringing you out three plates of wings at once. What a crappy prize! And they won't bring you more wings until you finish the wings on your plate. It's like some weird mom nanny system. So it's <laughs> so w- once the wings are down on the table, you're basically in an eating race. Like nobody talk. Nobody yeah. look at each other. You are there to eat wings until they stop bringing. That's you not wings. a party. That's a mission. That's a fight. So it was just it was just false advertising. Yeah, I did get a, a Heineken T-shirt that I think I still own. Like you would have brought different friends if you knew it was gonna be as bad as it was. Such a target. I would have brought hungrier friends. <laughs> okay, that's so I could get more wings. Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about wings and gambling and the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. And my name is Andrew. And each week we talk about the books that we've been meaning to read. Uh, specifically, <laughs> books that we own or books that have been recommended to us that uh, we definitely should have read by now. Uh, Andrew, what did you read this week? All right. I read Mary Poppins by P.L. Travers. Now that is the book based on Saving Mr. Banks by Walt Disney, correct? No. Um, How did I, I get that wrong? Actually, all the all the stuff in that sentence is wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, all of it. So, Mary Poppins is a book that was published in 1934. Okay, it was later the subject of a Walt Disney film in 1964, and then what was that film called? Um, it was called Mary Poppins. Okay, great. I thought so. And then that book and that movie and the making of that movie were dramatized in the 2013 film Saving Mr. Banks. Starring Forrest Gump. No. Starring yes. Wilson. Starring the man who played Forrest Gump. Okay. Tom Hanks. Great. Uh, who was P.L. Travers? P.L. Travers was the, the woman who wrote Mary Poppins. All right. What's her deal? <laughs> Do you know what her deal is? Um, she was, she was an actress, she was a journalist, she wore a lot of hats. I think the thing that... <laughs> wait, the, wait, like, she, she was interested hats. in hats? No, she just, I'm just saying that she did a lot of different things. It's a, you gotta keep up with my idioms. You said two facts and then tossed an idiom at me. I was unprepared. Listen, man, just trying to keep it streamlined. All right, what kind of hats she did she wear? 
I already told you she was she was a novelist, actress, and journalist. Okay, great. And um, the thing, the the main thing I want to talk about, and I I bring this up because of Saving Mr. Banks. Like I think that's a, that's why I ended up reading this book because, like the the movie Saving Mr. Banks brought the movie Mary Poppins to my mind, and I had never read the book as a kid. And also when I Fandango tickets to Saving Mr. Banks, they gave me a free copy of the book. So Really? Yeah. So Way to go, is, Fandango. Yeah, scam of all scams. Oh, man. I don't... Hmm. Real quick. Okay. When was the last time you saw Mary Poppins? Because I could not tell you. I know I've seen it. Before Saving Mr. Banks, I think it was it, childhood. You like, watched I don't even, it since... I don't even remember specifically when. You've watched it since Saving Mr. Banks? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Susanna and I watched it on New Year's Day. We uh, we watched half of it. We took a nap, and then we watched the other half Okay, good. Arous- arousing cinematic experience. <laughs> it was a good day. Good good start to 2014. Um, I know Mary Poppins is Laura's favorite book. I can't... Not favorite book. Favorite movie, uh, at least when she was a kid. I can't remember the last time I saw it. I, it's I have... been a really long time. Yeah. I know there's Dancing Penguins... Yes, there are dancing cartoon penguins. There, are, there were a lot of those Disney movies, like um, the Disney version of Robin Hood. I liked a lot. There's like Aladdin, Lion King. Is Bedknob and Bedknobs and Broomsticks a Disney movie? Um, you know, I think so. Because that, to me, whenever I start thinking about Mary Poppins, becomes Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, it is. It is a Disney movie. I actually think that Julie Andrews was up for that the role female lead in that okay and she didn't she either didn't want it or didn't get it i don't remember which but, well they um, obviously she didn't want it because angela lansbury gets whatever she wants andrew <laughs> <laughs> um let's get this back on the rails so the thing about pl travers that i wanted to talk about because here's the deal with saving mr banks and i'm gonna some light spoilers for saving mr banks if if you were going to try and watch every oscar movie maybe you want to just plug your ears for a second all right just plug it um the movie portrays her as a woman with lots of father issues Mm -hmm. who wrote the mary poppins books and mr banks is like a surrogate for her father okay and the point of the books according to the movie was about redeeming her father who like she loved because she was a little girl, but also he was an alcoholic who died of influenza and left their family like high and dry. Now, do we know that to be true? That's it. I do not. I do not think that we know that to be true. Okay. But I know she's from Australia and relocated to England. Yes. And her, her real name was not, um, was not P.L. Travers. Her real name was Helen Lyndon Goff. Yeah, her, her father's like middle name was Travers or something like that, or last name was Travers. Um, yes. <laughs> His first name was Travers. Let's get... <laughs> We're so good at this. So the thing in Saving Mr. Banks is like she she goes through this laborious process of making this movie and this part actually is true it was like walt disney pursued her for many many years trying to get the rights to her book and she didn't like cartoons and she wasn't nuts about it being a musical and like there are a lot of things about the movie that she was sort of opposed to mm-hmm. and in the in the in saving mr banks she like 
she's a stickler and she doesn't like the stuff, but it ends up being cathartic for her because she sees her character redeemed on screen and she's crying in the theater and like having all these emotions in real life. She did cry all the way through the movie when was, she attended the premiere. The premiere, was so which bad. she was not invited to. No. Uh, she was not invited. She just showed up. And uh, in real life, she cried all the way through it because she hated it so oh. much. She desperately hated it. Oh. I'm just going to read. I'm going to do that thing where we read a passage from Wikipedia because I think it's pretty poignant. Great. Thanks, Wikipedia. Um, there was they were They were going to do a Broadway... Ad- um, not a Broadway adaptation, just a stage, a musical. Well, that, it's on Broadway. It was recently on Broadway. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing from Wikipedia. is So fervent was Travers' dislike of the Disney adaptation and of the way she felt she had been treated during the production that when producer Cameron McIntosh approached her about the stage musical when she was into her 90s, she acquiesced on the condition that only English-born writers and no one from the film production were to be directly involved with creating the stage musical. <laughs> Yeah, she specifically ragged on the guys who wrote the music and then Sherman Brothers. Yeah, and said that they were if they were new songs in the musical, they were not allowed to write any of them. Yes. And it's in her will. It's in her last will and testament <laughs> that no one else mess with this story. Yeah. Except for and British people. There were um there were some songs and some other things from the film that were allowed yes, into yes. that version. And I assume that because at that point, you know, the the Disney movie, I, I think I think this is one of those books where the movie has sort of superseded it in, in like popular culture. Oh, of course. I don't even it's know. A, it's, that. A, it's a little like The Wizard of Oz in that in that way. Like it was a book originally, but the movie has become so much bigger and the movie has become the thing that gets passed down more than the books get passed down. I definitely did not know that it was a book when I was a child. I, I was too busy know. reading Maniac McGee. I was not reading old school books that were already movies. About like British nannies. I was just, yeah, I was, Why would you read it if it was a movie already? Come exactly. On. Come, on. Come on. You're not a sucker. Like what? A- <laughs> Well, so as someone who recently rewatched the movie, how, wh- how does the book compare? What is different? Because I know the book was originally a series of three or a couple novels that then were revisited with like a, a other adventures that happened. Like there were eight books in total, right? Yeah, there were there were a lot of books. The the movie, the Disney movie, I think was based mostly on stuff that happened in the first two. So Mary Poppins, which was in nineteen thirty four, and then Mary Poppins comes back, which is nineteen thirty five. That's a great title. I love that yeah. title. <laughs> She's back. She's back. Um, and then there are Mary Poppins titles that are kind of peppered throughout. I mean, she wrote a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Mary Poppins is what she's remembered for. And the last Mary Poppins book, uh, Mary Poppins and the House Next Door, came out in 1989. So, wow, really? So, yeah, she was writing these over the course of like 55 years. We were years, alive. Kind of crazy. Yeah, we were alive. She died. She was 96 when she died. She died in 1996. Oh, man. So, unlike the subject of our last show, um, Edgar Allan Poe, who died pretty pretty young. This famously, lady stuck around. Yeah, she she was a she was a fighter. I I guess a fighter. Yeah, let's call her a fighter. She's got spunk. Yeah, she's she's that old broad's got spunk. Yeah, 
PL Travers. <laughs> the L stands for spunk. I nope. I think it stands for longevity. Pretty long Travers. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so t- wa- walk me okay, through this. Okay, so back, walking back to your question about the movie and how they walk compare. on back there. Um, what do you? Okay, tell me, tell me things that you remember about the movie, and I can try and tell you if they happen in the book. She flies with an umbrella. She does have an umbrella. Okay, and it does have a parrot handle, and the wind does blow her around a couple times. Now, is she a witch? She's not a witch. Okay, here's uh, there are two things about Mary Poppins I want to talk about. Great. And I, you know, we can we might go through some of the stories, but almost everything I want to talk about is Mary Poppins herself. Okay, great. Let's talk about her. And there are two big things about Mary Poppins that I want to talk about. Thing one is that Mary Poppins is uh, it's not very nice. <laughs> I just watched like three words not escape your mouth. This is a clean show, so I want to <laughs> keep it clean. What? All right, elaborate. Why is she so not nice? Mary Poppins is very rough with the kids. Like, does she hit them? She doesn't hit them. Okay. She's just very, she's very strict with them, and she rarely has a kind word for them. Like, if you think about Mary Poppins in the movie, she's strict, but then she's dancing around, and she's smiling, and she's, like, comforting them, kind of, when they're sad. Mary Poppins in the book, nope, none of that. She's not having any of it. Well, set this up for me real quick, before we get into how mean she is. Why do these kids, why does she show up in the first place? Why do these kids need Mary Poppins, and do they deserve this mean woman who flies into their house. I'm the old nanny left. That's it. In the in the in the movie, the kids write a very cloying song about the nanny that they want, and then their dad throws up, you know, tears up the letter and throws it in the fireplace, and then Mary Poppins like gets it and comes in response to the thing that the children wanted. So she's Santa in this, Claus. In this, Mary Poppins just kind of shows up. Okay, like their old right. nanny leaves and she comes in on the wind and. And that's the deal. Okay, so why is she is she such a jerk? Are these kids jerks? Do they do they suck? I mean, there's a chapter where my okay, so the kids are Jane and Michael, uh-huh. who are the ones who are in the movie, and then there um, Barbara and John are infant twins who I who didn't make it into the movie. I assume because just they're babies and they barely <laughs> do anything. Um, okay. The thing about Mary Poppins is she's like super. Flawed, like she's she's mean and she's vain. How is she, she vain? Okay. How is so she? Vain? I'm gonna. All right. Here's a chapter toward the end of the book where Mary Poppins and the kids are going Christmas shopping. Okay. And uh, so they are looking around in the store windows, and um, Mary Poppins is being. She's saying things with surprising mildness is is the is the term that's used, which which should tell you how often she's actually mild with these kids. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and of that surprising mildness, uh, the book says, not that Jane and Michael were really very surprised, for they knew that the thing Mary Poppins liked doing best of all was looking in shop windows. They knew too that while they saw toys and books and holly boughs and plum cakes, Mary Poppins saw nothing but herself reflected there. And uh, then Jane and Michael are looking at all the, they're looking at chocolate 
and they're looking at toy airplanes. And Mary Poppins says, just look at you, said Mary Poppins to herself, particularly noticing how nice her new gloves with the fur tops looked. What? They were the first pair she had ever had, and she thought she would never grow tired of looking at them in the shop windows with her hands inside them. And having examined the reflection of the gloves, she went carefully over her whole person, coat, hat, scarf, and shoes with herself inside, and she thought that on the whole, she had never seen anybody looking quite so smart and distinguished. <laughs> what? Oh, wait a- and this happens a bunch. Okay, but wait a second. Where did she get? She said that she just got those gloves for the first time. Where did she get? But them? the winter afternoons she knew were short, and they had to be home by tea time. So with a sigh, she wrenched herself away from her glorious reflection. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins. Okay, we get it. We 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 get it. You're pretty fly, Mary Poppins. <laughs> we understand. It's not even important where she got them. She just has them, and she thinks she looks great at them. Okay, but it's not like they were given. She's gonna like the way she looks. <laughs> I guarantee it. Mary Poppins warehouse. She's not. <laughs> no, wait a second. She didn't get those as a gift from Mr. Banks for being like a bang up nanny. Nope, she just has the gloves. And later she gives them to a kid and she like cries about it and and the um Wait, what? <laughs> well, okay, so I'm I'm oversimplifying. She gives them to a child who is actually part of a constellation? Oh, cuz I read that uh in a summary that I was reading into prep. They like go into okay. the star, like they go Christmas shopping with a star? Yes. Uh is this just a wrinkle in time? What is happening? Okay, here's the here's the other thing. This is a good segue into the other thing. Okay. So thing one is that Mary Poppins is like vain and she's not super nice. Thing two is that Mary Poppins is like gaslighting these kids. <laughs> <laughs> like they always go on these magical adventures. And then the kids are like, oh, did it really happen? And Mary Poppins is always saying, no, no, it didn't happen. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Why is she doing that? I don't know. Is she, do we okay? Okay. <laughs> do we think this is actually happening, or are just all the kids playing elaborate games of pretend with their nanny? There are aspects that make you think both things, but I think that they are actually happening okay. because every once in a while you will see like physical proof. Of something that happens. So like they, they go on this nighttime adventure to the zoo. And there are a few things about the zoo. One, any human who's still in the zoo when it closes gets put in a cage and fed by the animals. By, wait. wait. Lifting it on its head. <laughs> wait, so the like, animals run the zoo at nighttime? Yes. Do they walk around looking at the zoo. people? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then thing two is that everybody is in that zoo to celebrate Mary Poppins' birthday, and there's a snake who sheds its skin so that Mary Poppins can like make it into a belt. And and the segue out of the zoo scene is that they like they're hearing these voices in the dream, and they are not sure if it's like their parents or their animals, or you know the animals that, that have been talking to them in the zoo, because of course the animals are talking to them in the zoo. Uh huh. Um. And. So so the morning after all this happens, Michael is now Jane is trying to figure out if these things really happened. And she says, Mary Poppins, she said, looking very hard at her. Were you at the zoo last night? Mary Poppins eyes popped at the zoo in the middle of the night. Me. 
A quiet, orderly person who knows that early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. But were you, Jane persisted? I have all I need of zoos in this nursery, thank you, said Mary Poppins <laughs> uppishly. Hyenas, orangutans, all of you. Sit up straight and no more nonsense. What? What is going on? But then she's actually wearing the snake's skin belt and it says a present from the zoo on it. So, uh, Wait, the like, snake I, wrote a present from the zoo? Well, it was like a tree spirit that wrote a present. I'm, I'm Wait, glossing over a certain A tree aspects. spirit? Yeah, like a dryad or a hamadryad. Or a or nymph? What, what are you... Did, do they play D&D in the middle of the book? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just, I'm glossing over certain fantastical elements. Now, okay, compare this to, to get the... To the heart of Mary Poppins, com- just, just being kind of a jerk. <laughs> so compare it to Julia Andrews in the film. Is she super magic? Is, do they just like acknowledge that she's just basically a witch but a nanny? Just you, th- magical things happen, you know, going up banisters, jumping into paintings, riding around with cartoon penguins. Like, the kids are there for all this stuff, but there's never, there's never any, there is never any sequence where the kids are like, oh, Mary Poppins, am I tripping or did that really happen? <laughs> and Mary Poppins is like, no, kids. Like, she's, she's strict, but and she- she's not always quick to smile, I guess, but... But she doesn't deny She's, what happened. No, no. Right. Like she, it, it, it. More often, it's the case that Dick Van Dyke's character, who is named Bert and who is in the book but not for super long, he's not Mister Banks. No. Okay. <laughs> um. More often, it's the case that Bert or somebody will be doing something goofy, and Mary Poppins will like be serious and not want to join in but then eventually she'll get around to joining in okay and and maybe she won't be like giggling about it but she'll be there she'll be like floating on the ceiling laughing because that's just what everybody's doing oh my god but it's do you not remember this from the movie i didn't i have not seen this movie recently it is not like a spoonful of cinnamon helps the lsd go down like it's not sugar sugar do you mean sugar yeah whatever don't you remember the the joke in the movie? It's a good joke. No, what's the what's the joke? Hit me. And it goes like, "I knew a man with a wooden leg named Smith. What's the name of his other leg?" Smith. No, get get it. Like the wooden leg is named Smith. Like the construction of the sentence creates ambiguity, which is then played up for comedic effect. Great, thank you for explaining jokes to me. <laughs> I'm clearly having a hard time grasping this magic witch of a woman who is terrible to these children you keep calling her a witch and i don't like i think a witch is more wily about it i don't know i think a a witch is a witch revels more in the in the magic well then what does she want why is she there she's just looking after these kids and and it might like maybe this is stuff that happens when mary poppins comes back but none of the thematic stuff from the movie about like or even if you see like a parody of the movie, like I, like right after we watched the movie, of course, we watched the Simpsons episode. Well, duh. With Sherry Bobbins. Yeah, Sherry it's Bobbins. That's very, very good. Okay. <laughs> but none of the thematic stuff that the movie picks up where like Mary Poppins comes and she's there to look after the kids, but also to like fix the family. Yes. And to fix the father specifically. Yes. That is not in this book. 
Like the parents are barely in it really. Okay. And so so like maybe that's some of the stuff from the second book that gets picked up hmm. for the movie that I just missed. Well, so I I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe I, maybe I need to read more to to get it, but I mean in which case like what is the book up to then? Is it just it is purely just entertainment? Yeah, like did you ever read did you ever read like Mrs. Piggle Wiggle or any of that stuff as a kid? I read Amelia Bedelia. Okay. Um I think I think they're vaguely in the same vein where it's just you have this character and funny things happen. Okay. But the stories are kind of self contained. And you just like it it's a kind of structure that would that works well as bedtime stories. Like you have the same characters mm. in all of them. Okay. And funny stuff happens in all of them, but they're not like serialized. Like it's not it's not trying, I don't think, to tell an overarching story. Okay, that's fair. Not like the the Wizard of Oz, which is very episodic and is broken up into these little bedtime story sized chunks, but is also telling the story of like them going from Kansas to Oz and like doing all this other. That's stuff. yeah, that's still like a hero's journey. You know, kind of, yeah. Like, like it's very, it's very broken up, and it is very, again, very episodic. But yeah, there's a, there's a thread running through it where there's not so much of one running through this particular Mary Poppins mm. book. I know, an, it it's a little bit. It precedes Mary Poppins by twenty or thirty years, but I know that uh, Travers had read and at least met uh, the guy who wrote. Peter and Wendy or uh, Peter Pan. Yeah. Do you, are there any similarities to that that you came across in the book? I might be barking up a wrong tree, but. um, You know, you you might be. There there might be similarities in there even, but I haven't seen Peter Pan in such a long time. Yeah. And I haven't. I mean, I've never read the, the book, certainly. All right. Well, I'm so. trying to figure out what that type of fantastical children's story is. And I guess also as someone you know reading it in their late 20s like what is it prose wise in terms of its audience what kind of age range do you think it's best is it best read out loud to another person is it intended to be digested by children yeah like it's it's either it's either a children's book or it's intended to be read to somebody like i i think you I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know that I did an amazing job reading it, but I think that you can hear in the cadence and in the word choice and in just the the way that things are structured that it's it's meant to be one of those those bedtime stories that you read and and they do the voices and mm-hmm. yeah, like that that's the kind of book I think it is. And you you know maybe I don't I don't know if this is influenced by Wizard of Oz at all, but. If you think back to the episode that we did, and it's been a very, it's been a really long time, yeah. But um, that's like early 1900s, and you get this statement of purpose up front by Frank Baum. That's like we have these these like Grimm's fairy tales that are like magical but also terrible. Yes. And in writing this book, I want to make something that's that's like magical but more lighthearted okay fair do you remember i mean do you remember yeah this yeah yeah i do remember talking that. about it mm-hmm. so i th- i think if you think back to that and i don't know that the wizard of oz was a direct influence on travers or this book in any way like i don't know if it had 
if if the Wizard of Oz had like traveled enough at that point. But I think that Mary Poppins, Amelia Bedelia, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, like any of that stuff, I think it's all sort of in the same tradition where you have something that's like supernatural and also harmless and they're just kind of fantastical children's stories. Yeah, because I'm I'm working on uh, a show actually that has some grim fairy tales in it, and one of the things that we were discussing with a folklorist actually is that the stories were collected not for children, but for you know academics and people who were interested in folklore. So whatever sure. the original intent of those stories, the first people who were reading the written versions were not children. Um, and it just so happened that a lot of them involved children. But yeah, they're pretty messed up. And it, it, <laughs> there's a reason that they're messed up because they're, you know, some of them teach very specific lessons or you can extrapolate lessons from them, whether or not they were intended. Um, but then you have this, I think, moving into the 20th century, and I would actually like to learn a bit more about this, the development of the idea of childhood is is different because you know you not everyone just lives on a farm and and children are your labor <laughs> you know like you don't just have a big family so that children can help you bring in crops and and raise your animals why not come on i mean some people do that still exists <laughs> but i think with with the industrial revolution and and different emergences in you know lifestyle and class I think you see a change in what is expected of children and what is expected to be given to children, um, which I, I'm sure there's some sort of corollary between that and this type of fiction cropping up. Well, I mean, that, that kind of development is still going on now. Like our, our I don't want to say our understanding of what childhood is continues to evolve, but I think just what childhood is in our particular culture. Oh yeah. Continues to evolve because I don't know. I think I, 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 I guess it's defined by helicopter parents. <laughs> okay. Yep. I don't know. Like it's, it's, you you read a lot about it, and I, I the reason I hesitate to cite it is because I think a lot of what has been written about our generation in particular, like this generation that had kind of been doted over a little and mm-hmm. told, you know, we can do anything we want and blah, blah, blah. I think that there's been a lot of really insipid, really misguided writing done about that well that's, so i yeah. don't want to i don't want to invoke it because i find so much of it so offensive on so many levels okay but you're dancing around something that you might want to invoke just you know just just the it it keeps changing yes it keeps shifting and yes. i think that this the mary poppins phase is an earlier part of that shift where like childhood is recognized as like developmentally distinct from mm-hmm. adulthood or even young adulthood. And there's, there's an expectation that kids are there to be watched over instead of to like watch out for themselves or to contribute to the family. Like, like the, the banks is in the book are pretty poor. Uh huh. Like they, they aren't very well off. It, it says a couple times that their house needs a coat of paint and some wallpaper. Okay. And yet they've still got like someone who shines shoes and they've got a nanny and they've got a cook and they've got all this help and stuff. It just, it, um, 
it's it's like recognizably modern in a way like it's just yes of course you can you can see the link between you know the before time when when kids were expected to start helping out as soon as they could Mm -hmm. and now when kids are kind of you know they're they're in in a quote-unquote good family or an idealized family they're provided for until they're 18 or even older when is it set is it set in the 19 teens or is it set in the 1930s do you recall um in the movie it's very like it's a little dickensian almost like you've got all these chimney sweeps and and all this stuff in the in the book i don't think it's ever super important i think you're left to assume that it's happening you know, at the same time that it's written, um, they don't talk about, you know, the, the world wars or anything, which I think were the two big events that really would date anything written in that time period. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look, I can't find it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it was written in between the two, you know, um, yeah. Or just like right at the very, 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 very start of World War Two. Yes. Or like what would become World War Two. Yes, II. yes, yes. Um, so there's all sorts of economic backdrop to that and cultural backdrop to that that I'm sure it's only obliquely addressing, um, if at all. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Nannies are weird. I didn't... <laughs> just the concept of a nanny is weird. Because I definitely didn't. I mean, have did you one. did you ever have a babysitter growing um, up? Well, no. When I was before my uh, parents separated, my mom was a stay at home mom, um, which was a conscious choice on her part. So she was around when I was a kid all the time, and then when she went back to work, I was in middle school, so I was basically good to go. Like, yeah, I was okay. Uh, but even when I was younger, we never really hired babysitters because i had two older sisters um which meant that at least one tooth that fell out was the result of a scuffle between me and my older <laughs> sister uh and we didn't tell my mom that right away i remember was it was it a tooth that was supposed to fall it was, out? was yes. it ready to fall it out when loose. it came out it was All loose right. and then there was some sort of tussle over probably a toy Man. of mine because my one of my siblings and I, my little brother and I actually, um, and this is this is not maybe it's a story about how we should have had a babysitter, Uh-oh. but basically we were jumping up and down on the couch unsupervised, oh, and no. we were not fighting. We were having a great time, oh, no. but he fell and banged his jaw on the couch. Ooh. He's like this. He's like he was like two or three. Oh, at this no, point. he was really young. And one of his teeth came out, and it was not ready. It was a baby tooth. Yeah, it was a baby tooth, and he had to wear a spacer. Oh, God. For a few years until his, his grown-up tooth was ready to come in. Oh, but, no. Man. You messed up. No, I, I did a bad job. I, I was like, I was what? I was like six or seven at the most. I was not very old. Did I was you? Not, let's, let's, I was not, <laughs> I don't want to put my dad on blast because <laughs> this was on his watch. Okay. But perhaps we should have had somebody there. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Did you ever have to babysit them? Um. When when I got when I got older, I did because, yeah, like we we were in like this perpetual state of never having enough money, and so 
my mom did the stay at home thing for you know intermittently like yeah, on and yeah. off but um for a larger part of my early childhood at least she had you know these various jobs actually when she worked at the dollar store it was cool because she would bring home these boxes of candy that had they had either like fake lego men okay or fake hot wheels ooh or something else in them and you could you could always tell which like it was kind of a mystery thing like it was it was a question which which thing you would get in every box <laughs> but you could tell from like the weight of the box what kind of a toy it was in all right i don't know that's that's a memory that sticks out i like but, that um, yeah but yeah the the time i had a babysitter it was actually it was a deal where we would like go to her house after school. Oh, and she okay. actually sat for a bunch of different kids. Oh, she was just running like a her house, a, yeah. a home for wayward afternoon kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And her, <laughs> yeah, like her name was Kaya. Okay, so I guess it would have been like Kaya's home for latchkey kids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, most of what I remember about hers is that she like she had a kid. Oh. Who would? No, she had her own kid. Yeah, she had a kid who was about our age who would decide to like, who would play with with the babysat kids. Okay, and so it was like he would like it. I don't think it was a deal where he would like come down from his room upstairs and like choose one of us and bring us up to play with him in his room with his toys. Is he the king but of the kids? What's I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how much of this I'm just remembering, but I definitely <laughs> remember there was one afternoon where I came up and he had one of those robots where you press the buttons and like the rockets yeah, fired yeah. off of his arm. Okay. And that was like, that was a good, that was a good afternoon for, for little Andrew. I don't know that we had a babysitter at the time. There was definitely a kid in my neighborhood who we were not friends for very long. And I think he was new <laughs> to the neighborhood. I went over to his house, and he had a Nintendo. Which which Nintendo? the first Nintendo, the Nintendo okay. Entertainment System. Okay. And he had Super Mario, but he said he only his version was only one player. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I just That's the worst kid troll so I, I, ever. I just like that's hung out. It doesn't matter what version of Mario you're playing almost. Like No. They've all got two player modes. And, Come on, kid. And even the two player mode is really just taking turns, so we could have just took turns. It was the pits. Yeah. It sucked. He only had one his, player. Like Mario. his version was because broken. You're a stupid kid. You believed him. I don't. Well, I didn't have any sort of evidence. I couldn't like. <laughs> I don't know. He was he was driving that car, and I I didn't feel like I could take the wheel. Yeah, yeah. We probably should have had a babysitter so I could yell to someone about it. Because if if you get in a fight with them and you don't know this kid very well, then you don't even get to watch Nintendo. Like you're just out in the cold with your Genesis or whatever yeah, it was you had. My Turbo Graphics or something. I don't know. <laughs> Your, your CDI or whatever. So, but before we go, one thing I do want to ask about Mary Poppins uh, is Super Catrifragilistic Expialidocious nope. in the book? Not in this book. Oh man! Actually, there there are very few elements of. And again, I've only read I've only read like half of the material upon which the movie was apparently based. Okay, but um, 
like a lot of the scenes from the movie happen. Like the the one where they're laughing and floating on the ceiling happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where they're feeding the birds happens. Um, but I mean, there are never verses. You don't. You don't. The seeds for the songs are sometimes there, but like the lyrics and the tunes and everything are completely invented for the movie. Like I think the only phrase in the book that I remember from any of the songs is the the lady who's selling the bird seed to feed the birds is saying, you know, feed the birds tuppence a bag. Okay. And that's the only thing that she says. And that becomes a song in the movie. Okay. So there I mean there might be stuff in Mary Poppins Comes Back that is more is like a poem or it like evokes the songs a little more, but yeah, in the in the book, there's no super califragilisticexpialidocious. There's none of that that goofy stuff, which is probably why she hated the movie so much. Yeah, I mean, she hated, at least from what I'm reading, like she was indifferent toward most of the music, and really truly hated the animation. Okay, all right. So yeah. So if you had a a child today that you were going to read bedtime stories to would you read this book to them do you think i might you might I might would you I'm read gonna, it I, th- I think i might go to mrs pickle wiggle first okay would you read it and be like man aren't you glad i didn't hire this nanny like was that would you like try to score brownie points with it no i don't think so i think i would just read it and then say good night and then leave, oh, no. and leave them to like leave them to ponder <laughs> Ponder how um, lucky they are that yeah right. that they have you and not Mary Pop. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I need to drive it home. I think they I think they can get it. Okay, all right. Well, if you love Mary Poppins more than we do, you can. Uh, well, the character. I mean, you like the book, okay, right? Yeah, the book's fine. Right. Uh, you can. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a little bit funny because it's just she kept like looking at herself in the mirror and stuff. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the write the writing is good. It's it's funny in parts. It's it's not. I've read a few books where I knew as I was reading them that I was too old to get anything out of them, and this was not one of them. Okay, like it was it was something that I could enjoy on some level as I was reading it to a hypothetical kid that I don't have. Great. Okay. Uh. Well, if uh, whatever. If you want to email us about this book, you can do it at overduepod at gmail dot com. Uh, you can write about it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pod, or you can tweet us at twitter.com slash pod. Um, you can also go to our website at www.overduepodcast.com, and up there we have Amazon links to the books that we are reading, the books that we will read, and the books that we have read. If you click on any of those and order pretty much anything on Amazon after you click them, we get a tiny cut, which helps to defray our hosting costs and the mental abuse that we suffer at the hands of Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big line item <laughs> up there. We also have links to our RSS feed, which you can use um, to subscribe to the show in your RSS feeder feed or your pod catcher of choice. Yeah. If I am to embrace a term that I don't really like that much. Uh, we also have a link to our iTunes store page. And if you subscribe there, you should also rate and or review us. To rate us takes no time at all. And to review us doesn't take much longer. 
So, um, you know, that helps us in the rankings and it helps people know that the show is good and that people like the show. And it just, it really helps as we try to grow our audience in 2014. If you do that, um, if you share the show with any friends that you have who are bookish or who you think might like a good laugh, uh, that's what we're here for. So just tell a friend, tell them to tell a friend and soon we will be build a mighty pyramid. Yeah. We got a couple, uh, new folks. Uh, joining us on Twitter, a um, couple of new fans, so thanks a lot. Um, Do you want to read their names? Do you want to give them a shout um, out? I think it was Allie and Chris joined us. Thanks, Allie and Chris. Um, and I think a longtime listener, Paul, responded to our Edgar Allan Poe tweet and said that uh, he's always creeped out by the cask of Amontillado, which I think <laughs> is that one where that dude gets sealed in that wall. I'm not sure. Man, man, ugh. Which that would be that the was worst. A subplot, that was a subplot in an Angel episode once. <laughs> and I, I was pretty creeped out by it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did I sideswipe you with my Angel reference? That's all I got. Uh, I'm calling an audible. I'm changing the book I'm reading for next week. I'm reading uh, Kate Chopin's or Kate Chopin's The Awakening. Um, it is a story about uh, female potentially sexual liberation. In, uh, I think late if you 19th call century. your book The Awakening, I don't think it can be about anything else. Yeah, so uh, it's I'm already a little ways into it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, All right, well, we will talk about that next week. And until then, you guys try to be happy. I've I've never gambled in a casino. I've been inside of a casino when I tried to get on the wheel of fortune. <laughs> uh, which was its now, own. I know this it was story, its, it was but its I don't own know. type of gambling, I suppose. We can maybe. I don't know if we do. You want to tell that story now? Do you I want to save it for another show? Like, no, maybe? I went to I went to Atlantic City in hopes of getting on the wheel of fortune. They put all of our names in a clothes hamper, and they didn't draw my name. And they drew the names of two people who were ineligible to be on the show. One because the kid was in high school and the other because the woman had been on the show before. Thanks, Merv Griffin. And I walked (laughs) out of there real upset and then had an okay piece of fish and then left. So that's a piece of fish. I think I had a fish fillet with some fries. Fish and chips. It was like a stick. No, it's not. I did not eat one fish stick and then leave. (laughs)